Hello, everyone. Welcome to the All-in-One Dallas Sports. My name is Matt Grimes, and I'm here today with my co-host and fellow Dallas lover, Jake Riding. In the last pod, we covered the Dallas Mavericks versus Clippers matchup and some of the playing games. We're recording this on a Friday afternoon before the Golden State-Memphis game tonight. But first, we're going to talk about the Rangers a little bit. Then, we'll jump into the NBA and give our predictions across the board for each game. Lastly, we're going to move into our best bets of the day and why you should believe in the Mavericks to advance in the playoffs. So with that, we uh, would like to start the pod today. Uh, Jake wanted to talk a little bit more about the Rangers and how they've looked lately, so I'm going to go ahead and give him the floor. So the Rangers are definitely struggling, definitely struggling. One and nine in their last ten, lost their last three to the Yankees after they got a win in the first game of the series. And right before that, they were 0-4 against the Astros. And we just happened to be playing the Astros again. So the Rangers started off pretty strong against the Yankees, uh, having a win against Garrett Cole. But things quickly went downhill. At, they dropped the next three and even had a no-hit against them from Corey Kluber. So the Rangers' struggles have not been on the defensive side of the ball, but the offensive side of the ball. So they've, they haven't been hitting horribly, but they're just not able to put the runs in like they should be to keep up with the Yankees, Astros, Giants, all teams that they've played this tough month, tough month of May. But the pitching has been pleasantly surprising. Um, the other night, Yang pitched five innings, only gave up three hits. And Danning got through six innings without giving up a run to the Yankees. So things are looking optimistic on the defensive side of the ball, but just got to pick up offense. As the Rangers just really want to get out of this slump. You know, as I said, one and nine in the last ten. We're just going to have an optimistic outlook on them looking forward. So moving on from the Rangers, we're going to move right on to the NBA as playoffs are starting tomorrow. So, Mac, I'm, so we're going to start with our predictions from the East, uh, going one seed, two seed, three to four. So first series we're going to talk about is Philly versus Washington. So, Mac, you want to start talking about that a little bit? Yeah, um, I think the uh, Wizards will put up a good fight. Uh, with that being said, I don't think they'll win the series. No. Um, <laughs> I, I have Philly in six. I, six. I think I, I could definitely see it going five. I mean, I could even see it going four. I'm just mm – -hmm. I'm giving Bradley Beal that he's going to win him a game, and maybe the Sixers have an off game. You know, and that's two games. Maybe it's not the same game. So I agree with that, but I I do think it, I think it'll be five because I feel like you could almost rest Embiid for a large portion of this series. As hot as Washington's been, I mean, Joel Embiid might not play a few fourth quarters in this series. I think Washington can steal a game. That being said, you know how hot they've been. We saw him drop a game to. Boston the other day that they probably should not have lost, but then they come back last night and kill Pacers. Murder. 
So they're, yeah, they're, they're just all over the place. You know, we talked about Austin being inconsistent the other day. I think Washington is now the king of that title. And it just shows you how inconsistent Boston is to go out and Tatum and drop a 50 bomb. Right after Brown goes down too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, only reason I'm giving the Wizards, uh, Philly and six is because uh, Wizards got a uh, Razorback on their team who's been playing really well, um, and Daniel Gafford. So watch out for him. Um, hey, Philly's got Isaiah Joe though. Hey, and Mason, for him. and Mason Jones. And Mason Jones. Hey, don't sleep on him. But they don't play. They don't play a lot. Yeah, Daniel Gafford's uh, been a key part for the Wizards' success. So that's why I was giving him the love. He, he had a great. I think he had 15 and 13 yesterday. Yeah, five blocks. Away. Five blocks. Yeah, five blocks. All in the first half. Yeah, dude's a little Crazy beast. Enough. He is. I mean, he's I picking it up. Yeah. He's he's earning himself some money. That's for sure. All right. Nets versus Celtics. Nets, I have, Celtics. I have Nets in five. Nets. I, I'll say Nets in four. I just <laughs> – everyone healthy. I mean, is there much to talk about that? It, uh, I yeah, like the only reason I said five was because of Tatum and if Kimball the, the other thing that was underrated about that Wizards game is Kimball Walker had twenty nine. If Kimball Walker and Tatum can have a game where they both play phenomenal, I think they can get one game. But that is with them playing phenomenal and the Nets playing subpar. Exactly, the That's Nets have to play bad for Boston yeah. to win this game. But I mean, Harden healthy. Kyrie healthy, Katie healthy. It's, it's not it's gonna, going it's more be, than five. Yeah, It'll be it, four or five. Yeah. Moving on from that, we got Bucks Heat, which is a pretty polarizing series. As we know, last year, Heat sent the Bucks home when no one was betting on the Heat. So, different teams? This guy did. Just, just want to put that out there. I put, I put money on the Heat to win the East before the playoffs started. Um, I didn't think it actually happened, uh, but the fact it did, you never know. You never know. So that just also clarifies the point that All in One Dallas Sports is your number one source for bets as well, which we'll get into later. But just advertising that as much as we can. <laughs> what do you have the series as, and who do you have coming out of it? I think the Bucks are a different team this year, and not just because of Drew Holiday, but um, I mean they didn't have a, as good of a record as they did last year. But I think that's because they were, you know, trying out new things. They got a new lineup. I think this team is definitely better than last year's team, and I don't know if simply the wall-up strategy against Giannis, you know, just stuff the paint whenever he gets a full steam ahead. I don't know if that's going to work this year. He's surrounded by shooters. He's surrounded by more creators. Even DiVincenzo's having a nice year. He's, he's shooting like 45% from the three-point line right now. Yeah. I mean, Ridiculous. Brooke Lopez, nice vet. Obviously, Chris Milton is a underappreciated star. He shows up in the playoffs, and he does his thing all the time. And I think something underrated about the Bucs – is the fact that they got P.J. Tucker. Because yeah. P.J. Tucker can play the five on defense. And it gives them so much – like, I think it's perfect for a matchup like the Heat because they can go small ball with Giannis or P.J. at the five. And 
one of them would be the four, and you could have Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and like Devin Shinjo. And it gives them such a a well balanced like matchup against the Heat because Bam's six nine. He's a great center and all, but he's smaller. And it's difficult when you have a seven foot slow footed Brooke Lopez at center um, and Bam out there. So I think it, the Bucks this year have just give a lot of people matchup problems, and I think that'll help them moving forward. Definitely. And about the Heat, I mean, how how much different is this team than last year? I feel like it's such a different feel. But I don't know. I mean, besides you, of course, I don't know who was so high on the Heat before playoffs last year, and they just kind of shocked everybody. Um, so what's different about this Heat team this year? I I think the I think they were just a different team in the bubble. I think. They're like Hero, Nun, Dragic were all playing superb. And I'm not saying they're not playing to they're not playing well this year. They're just not playing on the same level as they were last year. And mm-hmm. um I you'd also I also want to look at like Eric Spolster is a great coach. For sure. And I think that definitely helped them. Um but I think this year teams are more prepared for what they're are gonna do. They've kind of lost some of their three point shooting. Um, that they had last year. Like, Duncan's not playing as well as he did in the past. Um, just overall, the team's not the same team. Um, so I have Bucks and six. Bucks and six. I got Bucks and seven. I think it'll be close. I think I think the Heat are still really – they kind of had Mavs problems. They had COVID, you know, guys getting little injuries. They and started everything. seven and 14, and they really turned it around after. Didn't, so didn't no they go like a 13 or 14 game win streak? They did at some point. I forgot the exact – I know it was over 10. Um, I mean, when, when Bam and Jimmy are going, I mean, everyone else is going for that team too. Duncan, Hero. So if if all those guys get going, then I could see them beating the Bucks again. But I got Bucks and seven. Yeah, I think this is a revenge series for the Bucks. Yeah, I, I think that yeah. I think the Bucks are taking this extremely personal, and that's why I have Bucks and six because I really feel confident they're going to come out, take care of home court advantage, and handle business. Sure. So. Is it jump ship if the Bucks lose? Do you blow it up? If the Bucks lose in the first round, it's jump ship. Uh, we can get into second round matchups. Um, because we would both have them against the Nets. Now, I don't know if it's a jump ship, if it's the Nets. Um, I, I think I think if you get – if they get killed by the Nets, then – Yeah, if, if, it, if it's not competitive, then I think it is still jump ship. But if they, mm-hmm. if they go seven against the Nets, oh, yeah. it's a different series. But For sure. you want to jump into uh, Knicks-Hawks? Definitely. So this, this is the other polarizing series, but it's – it's an unimportant polarizing series <laughs> because it's, we it's think a, we think the winner of this is playing to lose against the Sixers, essentially. Yeah, I, I think they'd be playing the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, this is literally a coin flip of who you who do you want to pick to lose in the second round? In my exactly, opinion. it's, it's I mean, yeah, you get the you get to say that you want a playoff series and then you get to go home. Yeah, unless barring a Joel beat injury. Yeah. So, who do you have winning this series? I'm going to say Hawks and six. Okay, I got Hawks and seven. Hawks and seven. So See, we're on the we're on the Hawk train. I think Julius Randle alone wins them a couple games. I just think 
RJ Barrett is their second best player. His first playoff series in front of a packed Madison Square Garden. And I don't know how Atlanta's looking with their. It's not like Atlanta has a ton of vets that have been in the playoffs, but Atlanta has much more talent than the Knicks. A lot of pieces. A lot of depth, too. I think a lot of guys that aren't scared of the moment. I mean, DeAndre Hunter, we saw him hit that shot in the national championship to beat the Red Raiders. Or to send it to OT to eventually beat the Red Raiders. And I think an underrated storyline between Hawks, Knicks, just like last year. Or just like great players in every series and like example like D Book. I'm expecting D Book to have a great playoffs. It's his first time in the playoffs. Trey Young needs to come out and show that he's a top player. And I think this series is gonna speak wildly because if the Knicks win and it's not that competitive, it's gonna show that his defensive inability to guard mm-hmm. is gonna oh, be gonna a go killer. Yeah, and, and that's the huge matchup. It's how is Trey Young look? Because if he looks like he can't be a part of playoff basketball, which granted there's so much more time in his career, but I right. really, I really think it'll go and show that he's not the same player that I think he could be. Because I think he'd be a, exactly a, a great NBA player, like a superstar in the future. But if his defense is going to hold them back in the playoffs, I think it's going to show wildly. And it's just the first round. you got to think in the future, if he's trying to win an NBA championship, mm-hmm. how many teams are going to try to take advantage of his defense? And Exactly. It's, it's almost a like a uh, – kind of parallels a Rudy Gobert situation. Like, great player. You always want him on the floor. But if they go small and he's getting those mismatches and he's getting blown by, I mean, yeah. with Trey, they'll be posting him up taking him to the hole every time, shooting over him. I mean, they're going to go at him. And we, we, we've seen teams go after Luka, just trying to – not because Luka is such a liability on defense, but just trying to tire him out. And I think the Hawks have a good enough offense to where if Trey isn't totally on point, they can still win games. Because they have nine guys averaging double-digit points. Yeah, they're a very well-balanced team. I think Trey reminds me a lot about Steph. Steph is very poor on defense. And every time, every playoff matchup, people always go after Steph. Um, I think they'll do the same to Trey. But Steph also is such an offensive talent. And the pieces he's had around him in his final runs are so much better than what Trey Young has. Mm -hmm. And he also had a top defensive guy in Klay Thompson. He had a defensive player of the year in Draymond Green. I, he had defense all around him. I don't know if Trey has the same defense to help um, mm-hmm. make up for his liabilities on defense. I can't remember which year it was. It was one of their championships with Kevin Durant, but they had the number one defense one of those years. And, I mean, it was because KD, Draymond, Iguodala, all those guys. I mean, Steph – they, they were so easily able to hide Steph on defense. It's like which, what the Mavs did for 21 years with Dirk. Exactly. I and mean, if the Hawks can figure that out and truly, I just think, I mean, Trey's small. He's, he's really small. I mean, he's in the NBA for a reason. I'm not trying to take away, but yeah, I'm interested to see how they go after Trey on defense. I think it'll be an interesting series that won't have any impact on 
the next round. <laughs> no. But it'll be a great first round series. It'll be a great first round series. I hope it goes seven. I hope yeah, it's a it, crazy it, series. Um, so do you want to move on to – okay, so you had Hawks, right? I got Hawks and six. Okay. So Hawks, Philly, who do you have? Hawks, Philly. I'll take Philly in five. Yeah, I think – Maybe I have, six. I have Philly in six, and I just I, – I don't see a way – Too much. Philly doesn't make the Easter Conference Finals. I mean, Capella's probably one of the better East matchups for Embiid, but look who—I mean, look who's around him. Yeah, and like, I—I I get that Capella can't really go out into the perimeter though, and Embiid is his game is his game Everywhere. is he touches the court. He Three can levels everything, and that's why he's so tough, and that's why a guy like Bam guards Embiid a lot better because he can bang a little down low can go out on the perimeter and guard him, make things tough. But Capella, like, Embiid could just drive by him, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it'll be Capella and Collins on Embiid. Um, we've seen Embiid dominate Gobert. So yeah, I, mean, I don't know if, how much Capella really stands a chance, honestly. Yeah, I, I think he just – I think Embiid takes over the series. I could definitely see it in five. I'm just – if Trey Young goes hot one game, he can absolutely get them a game. For you sure. Know? And, and yeah. even the Hawks' whole offense getting hot. I mean – Philly's got the second best defense in the league, but I mean Bogdanovich, Hunter, Capella, Collins, Trey—they've got Gallinari. They've got really good offense. If they get going, they can definitely steal a game or two. Absolutely. But I see Philly in five. Okay. Do you want to jump into the probably the most anticipated, one of the most anticipated matchups? Definitely. Uh, Bucks Nets. I have Bucks and seven. I'm Bucks and seven. I Nets over the Nets. Now I don't think I think the Nets have much more talent. I just think that there comes a time in every player's career where he needs to go out and win a series, and I think this is Giannis's time. I they're really good defensively. They've gotten a lot of guys to. Hang with mm-hmm. the Bucks. I mean, you put PJ Tucker on Durant, Drew on James or Kyrie. You've got DiVincenzo. You've got a lot of other guards who can give you spot minutes on either James or Kyrie, and that's why I think the Bucks win. I think they're just more prepared. Now, the Nets could easily win this series and go on to win an NBA championship, and it wouldn't surprise me. For sure. I I just think that. I just think the Bucks have a lot of matchup problems. Like, oh, the Bucks will give them. I mean, we saw that the last two regular season games. Giannis had forty nine on this Nets team, and he was he blocked that KD shot that everyone was talking about. So there's definitely yeah, definitely and I, I even forgot Chris Middleton for the Bucks to win when I was talking about this defense. I mean, Chris Middleton, yeah. James. I mean, they're just they're a lot more prepared this year than they have been in the past, and. Giannis has to have a great series, but I think I think overall they'll they'll win the series. What about you? I'm gonna say Nets in seven, just because I think one underrated part of this Nets team. I mean, everyone talks about like, oh, there's only one ball. Uh, I mean, how how are you gonna make Kyrie, Harden, Katie happy? And we've seen them all three play together a few times, but think of the experience that. 
just those three alone have in the playoffs. James Harden, you know, Western Conference Finals, in my opinion, should have beat that Warriors team. Chris Paul hamstring, hamstring injury away from going to the finals. James Harden and KD were in the finals together on that OKC team. Kyrie hitting that big shot over Steph, Game 7, 2016. So I just think the Nets are – clutch situations aren't going to phase them at all. I mean, Kevin Durant is – when he's at his peak, he's the first or second best player in the world. When he's on, you can't stop him. You can do nothing at all to stop him. And Giannis – is probably one of the few guys that has like the length and uh, capability to slow down KD. But I just think with those three, their experience in the clutch and the playoffs, I just say Nets at seven. Okay, this is totally off topic, but did you listen to the you listen to the Bill Simmons Mark Stein pod about Dirk? Some of it. They were talking about Durant and how he is Dirk 2.0. I did not know Durant goes through a uh, workout very similar to what Holger gave through mm-hmm. Dirk. And it's it's literally Durant is Dirk with athleticism. Yeah, and, he, and a handle and he, better defense. I mean, he's, he's an athletic Dirk. He, he's a player that I don't think we'll ever see again. No. The offensive and, ability. And, like, and he's not – he's at least seven foot. He's, he's Oh, yeah. Seven one, like the dude is taller than Dirk, and Dirk was listed as seven foot for his career. So oh, yeah. he's, I mean, whenever we see a a lanky, skinny guy that can shoot, you know, we say, "Oh, he's the next Kevin Durant." We saw we saw that with uh, oh, Brandon, Brandon Ingram, yep. Kevin Knox. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Brandon Ingram's a fine player now; he's really good. But he's not. Kevin we'll Durant. never see Kevin Durant again. Just yeah. the clut, what thirty five points. Seven rebounds, six assists in the finals on LeBron. Yeah. I mean, granted, he had Steph and Clay around him and Draymond, but you no one's who, like that. You know who took out peak uh, OKC Durant with 48 points in game one? Was that the Diggler? Was it? I think it was. You know, he uh, he shot the ball 15 times, scored 48 points. not 24 a for 24. From the free throw line, but not a single – three-pointer and he's still dropped 48 Jeez. will That's, there ever be another we're talking about katie will there ever be another dirk absolutely no, not there won't be another dirk he's, he's he changed the game um okay asian conference finals um you have nets philly who do you have winning nets philly i i feel like the pop the popular pick is obviously nets mm-hmm. and I could see this series going two ways. I mean, if the Nets pull it together and figure it out, Nets in six. Yeah. It, it's just, it depends on how fluid the Nets machine is. If, yeah. you know, they're, they start to argue, they're, you know, it seems a little chippy within the team. I think they're stunk. But if they're flowing, they're happy, you know, they're, they're just, it's like, I think it'll be like open gym for that team. I think it, I think it really, Really depends on James Harden. Yeah, I think Kyrie, I think Durant will show up. Not saying James Harden won't, but he's the third scoring option, with the first option as a playmaker. So I think average eleven assists. Yeah, if if he's running the machine and he's running the machine well, 
I think the Nets will just destroy the East and make it all the way. I mean, but, also, one underrated part about the Nets is you have those three, and the top of those three is the best three-point shooter in the NBA. Yeah, Joe Harris. I mean, dude's insane. Um, but I have Philly Bucks, and I have Philly winning in seven. So you got I, Philly in the finals. I have Philly in the finals. I had Philly as my like pick before the year. I'm going to stick with Philly. I like the pick. Um, I just think – I think the Bucks. I think it's going to be a really good series with Philly if that happens. But I think if they beat if the Bucks beat the Nets, I think it's just going to be an emotional win. They come out a little sluggish, and Philly can grab a game or two early. Um, Definitely. And I, I think Philly would go down early for sure. Yeah, it's. But I, I also think if yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I have Philly in the finals. You have the Nets. So with that being said, do you want to move on to the West? On to the West. Utah versus whoever, I have five, and I'm being generous. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry for Warriors or Grizzlies. I think it is going to be an extremely fast series. I, I even totally think, agree. Even without Donovan Mitchell, I think the Jazz handle business fine. I think that Jazz team, that what makes them so good is they can play, they can play at any speed, any pace. They can play any style. They can be – Running fast, you know, hitting threes like a seven seconds tight. I mean, they got Clarkson, Ingles, Mitchell, Conley, guys like, and then they can play the half court. They're just yeah. really a sound team. Top at one point they were top three offense and defense. Yeah, and like I love Derek Favors as the backup because like when you have Rudy in, you're more of this like half court set type of mm-hmm. offense, and like. When you go to Derek Favors, you can play that like kind of small ball, like run and gun. Yeah, and, and they, Royce O'Neal's a great defender. He's kind of like their Dorian. Sick him. That's where he's from. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> but yeah, I have him in like five. I don't think it'll be a series. I just I could see four. If yeah. it's Memphis four, Golden State five. That's yeah, that, that that's what I was thinking. But um, four or five. Okay. I don't think they're here to mess around. I think they're here to take care of business. Same, same. Especially here. first round. Veteran leadership on that team, I, I think it'll be easy. Um, Lakers Suns, what do you have? Lakers Suns. This will be the West series. This, along with the next one, we'll talk about is the two and the maps. So there's a lot of West series to watch. I don't know what I'm saying, but I think Lakers in six. I think. What happens is Phoenix comes out and wins the first game, and then they lose the next three, and then they just go 1-1, I think. And I know you MFFLs hate LeBron, but I think he's going to do his typical feel-out game, game one. We saw that last year. I think he lost the first game of every series except for the finals and then went on to win the next four. But yeah. I think Phoenix is capable of pulling another. This could go seven as well. Uh, Lakers can't mess around. This is a really good Phoenix team. Yeah, and I'd like to add, I think this series changes the entire outlook of the West, depending on who wins. Because if I think the, if the Lakers come out and they win in five, six, or even seven, I, I think with the time that they're getting – 
they're they'd be getting healthier. Granted, no injuries um, come from the series, sure. but I think the Lakers lose. I think the West is even more more open than it is now. Oh, yeah. and I think it's already pretty open. Um, so that's an exciting series, in my opinion, to watch on who's going to move out of the next round. You know, like who? Because I I'm not sold that Denver or Portland is beating any the Suns or the Lakers. Like I think whatever team wins this series will go into the Western Conference Finals. But we'll get to that. I um, agree. For sure. I mean, Phoenix has a lot of – I think – They have shooters and they have defenders. Yeah, shooters and defenders. Exactly. But I mean, the reason I have the Lakers is because the Lakers are the best team in the NBA in defense. They are. And it's not because of their big men. AD, LeBron, and – Drummond have been in and out of the lineups all year long with injuries. Drummond came after a buyout, but they pride themselves in their defense from their guards. Caruso what if, and KCP. Especially. Like Struder's not a bad defender either. Like yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. Wesley. Wesley's fine. Wesley's been playing great. Former Mav. But what I'm saying is, is that Phoenix relies on CP3 and D Book so much, mm. like so much. DeAndre Aiden is so on and off. He is, and I'm not worried about like it's Aiton versus AD. You know, it is. I think the and key matchup in that series, yeah, and Drummond. Um, it just depends if the Lakers play big or small. Um, I think the key matchup is just going to be CP3 and D Book versus the Lakers guard D because if the Definitely. Lakers like guards defend well, it's not going to be a series. If the Lakers can't stop CP3 D Book, I see this the Suns could win this game. I just have faith in the Lakers defense that they've shown all year. So I have Lakers in six. But. I think Suns can get hot. I think they can play fun. I mean, they'll be they'll they'll definitely win one easy. Yeah. I mean, if they got swept, I think that would be just the most shocking thing in the first round. Yeah. Um yeah, they just I mean, Bridges, Craig. Cam Johnson, Jake Crowder. Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne. Out like, of nowhere. They've, they've got a, a very good team. And we saw that. They, we saw them start to play in the bubble last year. They went 8-0 in the bubble and then just added Chris Paul while everyone else got better. And I think Mikhail Bridges is their – needs Excellent. to be their third best player. Yeah, he needs to be a uh, – and not just a third best player that's like – Oh, like Tyler, uh, Cam Johnson's playing well. Like mm-hmm. somebody else is playing. He needs to be. Well, I mean, okay, I would say eight needs to be their third best player. Yeah, but Mikel needs to be at least offensively Aiton. But Mikel needs to be shooting the ball from three, how he has all year, and he's a great defender. And he needs to try to take out like Schroeder or like I, I don't even know who they're going to match up with. I mean, they're mm-hmm. so small compared to the Lakers, but um. Yeah, you want to jump into uh, Denver-Portland? For or do you sure. have anything else on the Lakers? Yep. I got Lakers in six. Yeah, same with me. Um, Denver-Portland? Denver-Portland, this is a tough one. I have Portland in seven. You got Portland in seven? I just – dude, I don't even know who to pick in this series, to be completely honest. It is a – This is the this is the offense, no defense series. Yep. This is who can score more points. It will win – I mean, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, I you know, know what I mean. Yeah, I just, I think the Blazers pull this series out, and I think Jokic makes it go seven because I think Jokic is just that good. 
I, I just oh yeah. I, I think like, Porter Porter will definitely have some big games too. I think Porter will too. Um, I just don't see the guard play of the Nuggets keeping up with the guard play of Portland. No, not even close. Campazzo and Rivers guarding CJ, <laughs> and, and Lillard, and even Powell. Yeah, and I mean, I mean it might be Porter. On will Barton Powell. be back? You will know, Barton, he's been injured since I'm, April twenty third. Yeah, I'm still not confident in him coming back and proving it, but I do think Jokic makes it a close series. I mean, he's the MVP mm. this year. He's had the best. He's had the best season in the NBA this year. And yeah, what he's, he's, a, he's my MVP. Yeah, he's my MVP too. Um, but what he's done without Jamal Murray, they're the three seed in the West. They like, what they outlasted the Clippers, and <sighs> Clippers may have tanked those last two, but. They're right there with them. And, yeah. You know, doing that with just losing your second star like that and being able to maintain what you've been doing and maintaining, you know, a positive win percentage, that's impressive. And that shows that they have fight and they're capable of beating anybody. Yeah. And the only reason I say Portland in seven, I think it's going to be really hard for Portland to be on the road. I, yeah. I, I exactly. trust Denver at home in Mile High, Mile High City. It's always harder to play in Denver due mm-hmm. to the altitude. That's just – that's a fact. Um, but I have Portland 7. Who do you have winning this series? I'll say Denver in 7. Okay. I think – I think Jokic – I mean, I will say I think Nurkic on Portland – is probably one of the best matchups for Jokic in the league. Just because Nurkic is huge and one of the few players that I think Jokic cannot physically dominate. And we yeah. see like more athletic centers, like, you know, maybe Willie Cauley Stein, Flint Capella. Jokic eats them up. Yeah. But I also think Ennis Cantor is an. Underrated because Jokic is great around the rim, but Ennis is also a phenomenal offensive rebounder. Did Ennis Cantor have a 20 point, 20 rebound game this season? Yeah, this year. Yeah. I mean, he's what a pickup for them. Yeah. And his, the thing is, is like, he's not going to stop anybody on defense. And that's why he's perfect for this series because nobody's going to stop anybody. I mean, it's an offensive (laughs) series, it's all offense the entire time. Um, I can see Dame and Jokic having a 50-point game. Oh, yeah. I think it's it's going to be a really fun series to watch. You know, like mm-hmm. a, a series that I, w- I want to watch that I don't really have like a air of who wins type of thing because I don't think they move on um, no matter who they play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a fun series. Um, you want to get into uh, – I don't want to dive in too much. Well – We'll touch on Mavs Clippers here in just a second after we cover some second round matchups. Yeah, let's do that. We think will advance because we're gonna we're gonna talk yeah. to the Mavs Clippers for a second. Yeah. Um, Utah TBD. I. <laughs> yeah. So Utah, I, we we both think that Utah is winning, and I, they will play the winner of Mavs Clippers. Yeah, and I think Utah loses no matter who they play. I do as well. I think, I think, I think Clipper. I'll give you a prediction for each. I think Clippers beat them. I think both beat them in six. I'd say 
I'd go as far to say, yeah, I'd say Clippers in six. If the Mavs make it, Mavs in seven. Because I think there That's might be fair. a little. I think there might be a little letdown. The Mavs beat the Clippers. A little emotional series. They might let up a game. Sure. Um, and the way the two teams have played all year, it is one team's going to win and one team's going to lose, and you know it after the first quarter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so we have Lakers versus – you have Lakers-Denver. I have Lakers-Portland. I think Lakers win. Lakers. It, this is – I think this is where Jokic gets stopped. I think if Anthony Davis is guarding Jokic – then I think that's where he's going to run into trouble. And you know, guarded, on, you know who's guarded Jokic extremely well all year? That's yeah. under the radar? Marcus Gasol. The Lakers are the worst possible matchup for the Nuggets because they can throw AD, Marcus Gasol, Andre Drummond. Like, sure. they have three. And even Marquise. Might get switched on him, but oh I yeah, Jokic cooks Markeith. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like they have Drummond, the big body. Then they mm-hmm. have AD, somebody who's gonna go around the perimeter, and then they have Gasol, an unathletic body, but he's big. Kind like a, Nurkic. Yeah, like like Nurkic. Um, not as athletic as Nurkic, but he's no. the, he's got the same athleticism as Jokic, you know. And it's definitely. I think the Lakers and. Even if it's just a testament to Jokic's. <laughs> yeah. Mark, imagine Mark Gasol averaging 25, 11, and 10. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, but I'd also say if the Suns win, I think the Suns beat Portland or Denver. If the Lakers, I agree with that. The Suns beat the Lakers. I think the, I think the Suns defensively match up with Portland. And I think they're just a better team than Denver. Yes, I just, I think the talent disparity that with Denver, Jamal Murray out. Yes, with Jamal Murray out, I think that that's really going to come to light in the playoffs because he played phenomenal for them, and that's why they made it so far. Not that saying Jokic isn't wasn't playing phenomenal, but in the playoffs, you can't have I mean, one. It was guy. a Jamal Murray show last year. Yeah, and like the only time we've seen one guy do it is in 2011, mm-hmm. and his team was a great team, a great exactly. team that didn't have holes. I mean, granted, besides losing a starting small forward for the entire year. That's a great take. Yeah. This Denver team is kind of like that Mavs team, <laughs> but not as good. Not as good. Not, just not as good. They, not, can't, they don't have the – and and I'll also, it would almost be like if you swapped Jokic for Donovan Mitchell, and the Jazz would be like that Mavs team. They just no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even say that because they have all stars. But I'd say you swap Jokic with twenty what was it twenty eighteen Braun twenty seventeen Braun whenever he took him there with nobody, um, just veteran role players. Yeah, I mean, he had Isaiah Thomas. Great player. Yeah, great player. But that's what I'm saying. He just doesn't have a ton of help. And I I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to have a great playoff series. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to play well in the playoffs. But, yeah, I think the Suns. But who do you have coming out of the West? Into the finals? Yeah. Because I don't really Um, want to jump in to Mavs Clippers until we get our – Watch the conference final 
our finalist out of the way. In the West, no injuries. Everyone's locked in focus. I'm saying the Lakers. I say Lakers, too. Just, to, just look at that roster. I mean, Dennis Schroeder, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, KCP, Caruso, Wesley Matthews. Taylor Horton Tucker. yeah. Marcus Gasol. Mark Gasol. Montrezl Harrell. Marky Forrest. I totally forgot about Montrezl Harrell. Like, he's not, he's not great on defense. I'll I mean, give him that, on. but he's an look energy guy. He's an energy guy. He can go in and play spot minutes in a playoff series and swing some momentum. You, you think – I mean, they're the seventh seed. I I don't think – I think they're going to be playing with a little chip on their shoulder, I think. I mean, they've had injuries all year. They should be the two seed if everyone's healthy. The last two, three games are the only time they've been fully healthy all year. And exactly. to add on to that – um, LeBron didn't play great in the play-in game, but LeBron has never been a guy that he can go one game and play phenomenal. If it's a series, yeah, like game six against Boston in Madison Square Garden. And I forgot what year, 2010? The only time we've ever seen LeBron be bad in the playoffs is the 2011 finals. Yeah, when he saw one of the greatest coaches – and they schemed for we him. We saw the greatest team of all time. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was a phenomenal team. Okay. Do you want to, after the break, do you want to get into uh, Mass Clippers? For sure. All so right. We will be right back. We're going to hop into Mass Clippers. Oh, shit. So now we're going to talk about Mass Clippers, the most highly anticipated series for us, obviously. Uh, first things first, we're going to talk about some matchups. Mac, you want to take that away? Yeah, um, I'm excited. Um, <clears throat> before even getting to players, um, it's kind of like the Steve Ballmer versus Mark Cuban, um, both great owners. Um, not, we don't need to talk about that though. Well, um, battle of the entrepreneur. Battle of the entrepreneur. Um, I think Carlisle versus Lou would be a great matchup, and. I'm so much to say. I think Carlisle gets us a game purely based off of X's and O's. I don't For think sure. Tyloo's a great coach. Carlisle always saves something, like saves what he wants to do for the playoffs. I think that's going to be apparent again. Um, that's kind of like the first matchup before we even get to the players I'm excited for. Um, and then I'm excited to see KP. I'll go over one matchup, then I'll let you go. But I'm excited to see KP. He's plus 13.1. That's his net percentage, so it means the Mavs outscore the Clippers 13.1 when KP's on the court and Luka's off the court. And we know Luka's going to do Luka, but I really think it's about how our role players are going to be playing because if they can keep the game at bay or even, like, grow the lead, then I think – I don't see how we lose this series. Um, sure. I, I really do think it comes down to KP. And if he comes out and plays like he did last year, that's why I think we will win the series. Um, but, yeah, what's a matchup that you're looking forward to? Well, first, I agree with what you're saying. I think our potential is just so much higher than theirs. I think – I mean, they're don't get me wrong. They're a great team. But – we're, we're a very low floor and a very high ceiling type of team. Exactly. I like, think we play a style that 
Like if we're if we're missing threes, we're not shooting well. We're still in the game because our defense has been so good against the top teams. Because like we've said over and over, we play to our competition, and that's we can we can beat any team in the playoffs. We're last episode we were talking about it. We're top four in win percentage against teams over five hundred. Yep. So can I add a stat? For sure. Dallas versus teams have the top 10 net rating, okay? Our offense is ninth, and our defense is third, and our net is third. We're 11-3 and three against the cream of the crop top 10 teams in the NBA. And I think it goes to show when we aren't playing those teams, our defensive rating is 29th. Our defense is solved with energy. And exactly. when we get ready and for – chemistry. Yeah, yeah, and chemistry. But when we're ready for the big games and we're prepped, we play so much better because we have a system on defense. It's not that we have exceptional defenders like the Clippers. We don't really need a great system. We have to have a system for defense, and the system's proven that it can win championships. And it shows when we play the top teams in the NBA that we can defend with the best of them. That's um true. I think that's a huge step, but I'll let you go back into that. But I was just – that just goes to prove even more that we have an extremely high ceiling and our floor is really low. And I, that's the way the Mavs are. Even another quick sidebar about the – so this Mavs team is essentially the same as last year except for the Josh Richardson, Seth trade, and our rookies. But last year, the Mavs, I believe, were dead last clutch team. If there was a close game at the end, we were something like four and twenty-three. Yep. We lost every close game. And you know, initially Josh Richardson wasn't off to a hot start at the beginning of the season, and Seth Curry was averaging like twenty points, shooting fifty percent from three. So I think it was easy to say we totally lost that trade. We need Seth Curry back. But this team is so much more different than last year's team just based off of that trade. Just And Josh Richardson hasn't had the greatest year. I think he has a lot of room for improvement. But our team is so much more clutch, so much more defensively sound. We're, last year, I don't know, besides offense, our defense had to be in the 20s. Yeah. Any stat, it was so awful. And this year... Now we're seeing ourselves top five defensive stats, top 10 defensive stats. So I think Rick has really figured this team out. And sure, whenever we beat the beat the Clippers by 50 earlier this year, they were missing shots, but that was also a result of defense. And I think we can just cause havoc on defense and turn it straight into offense. Same. Um. Do you have another matchup, or do you want me to give you one? Go ahead and give me one. Okay. Um, Maxi is now listed as probable, which I think I like is it. massive. Um, huge. With Luca, J. Rich, Dodo, Maxi, and KP, we're plus twelve point seven net differential, which is really good for what could be the starters. Um, and. Maxie's one of our top three defenders, I, sure. and maybe could be top two. Uh, I'm going to give Dodo the edge. Dorian. 
And I'm going to say Maxi would be two, maybe Jay Rich three. But Maxi had the bulk of Kawhi Leonard last year. His shooting percentage went from 38% in the regular season, his three-point percentage, to 17% in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And he struggled. He struggled. And I don't think he's going to struggle like that again. He's shooting above 40% now. And the thing is, it's like if he doesn't struggle like that, it makes a lot of those – game one's a lot closer. We lost by eight. Maxi yeah. missed about seven threes. Um, We're not going to see a blowout like we did last year. That yeah. 154 to 103 or whatever. Yeah, whatever we, won't, was. we won't see that this year. Uh, no. We're – we're too well rounded. Um, I think Maxi's really? defense on Kawhi is going to be huge, um, and I think it allow if he's healthy for the entire series and plays like Maxi, then it just gives us that much more of an advantage because we have three guys to guard two of their guys. You know, like three guys that I'm comfortable playing mm-hmm. big minutes against. I'm not saying like Luca couldn't guard Paul George for. Spurts. I'm not saying Luca couldn't guard Kawhi for spurts, but I or like if you even want to bring Josh Green off the bench, and he plays two minutes, three minutes against Paul George, just wears him out, just sticks on him. Brings like, energy too. Rise. Yeah. Um, but with Maxi, we have three guys that I feel confident playing 20 plus minutes on those guys, and so I think he's a big part because I think without him, it's going to change the looks of how we're playing. Um, so I think he's a very underrated piece. Um, for sure. And Maxi was getting a lot of switches last year with Kawhi and Paul George. And I think the bubble kind of boosted everyone's shot making abilities. And he was giving them tough shots. They were having to hit, you know, mid range, fading mid range over him, you know, tough floaters. He was giving them tough looks, even though it, it definitely didn't show on Kawhi's stat sheet. Yeah, it didn't. But stats are not going to look like that this year. Yeah, and I he doesn't give up. Uh, that's the thing. He doesn't give up uncontested shots. He's six ten. He's long. He's like, quick. He's quick he's, feet. He's really quick feet, but he's also strong enough to battle with Kawhi on the post because Definitely. Kawhi is such a talented player, and he's gonna get his shots from an array of areas. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about Maxi that we don't have with like Dodo or Jay Rich is Kawhi's strong. I yeah. it's. It's undervalued how much he relies on the low post to mid post. He's a great rebounder, uh, too. Great rebounder. Um, actually, did you know, kind of off topic about Maxi, did you know he is the worst contested rebounder in the NBA? Not big man. The worst contested rebounder in the NBA. Really? A little off topic. Um, and it's never been an issue for his career because we, play, we don't play him at the five. And I think right. that was some of the issues last year. Um our, who was our big man rotation off the top of your head? Do you know it for last year in the bubble? Last year, Boban. It was after KP got injured. It was Boban and Maxi were the only guys we had above 6'10". And Willie that allowed – yeah, yeah, and that allows – that allowed the Clippers to play small ball, which is what they want to do. And, That's why we picked up Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, and I mean – I was – they had a rerun of game four. MKG started OT and played the entire OT. That, I, I'm just saying. like, But I think this year, uh, Dwight and Willie, it gives us the lob threat. And we're top five in efficiency mm-hmm. 
offensively from the pick and roll. Um, Our offense has a lot of sides to it. And yeah. Obviously, Luca, but we have so many guys that can pop. So many, I mean, Tim is such bowlers. a smart offensive guy. And what I was going to say about the his mark. pick and roll is the Clippers rank 28th in defense on the pick and roll. Yeah. And if the offense gets stagnant, Rick will put in a roller like Dwight Powell. He'll go on a little spurt of six points, oh, two yeah, rebounds. Yeah. Two minutes. In two like, minutes. Because Luka can find – Luka sees passes that nobody else sees, especially for big men. And him and Dwight have such good chemistry that they could go on a little short – two-minute spurt, make the Clippers call a timeout, readjust. You know, like, they won't be able to play small with us because of our effect. up. If KP's out on the floor, that, that'll be ripped to shreds. Yeah, and especially if – and I was listening to a Clippers pod, and they were, asked, they were talking about how Kawhi might start on KP. Who's Zubac going to go on? They said Dodo. And that's, that's what I – Start and that's it. He's gonna have to come out in a few minutes if that's yeah. The case. And I mean, do you remember the Jazz game when they put Rudy Gobert on Dorian Finney Smith? I mean, that's he yeah, dropped that's, like twenty six. That's gonna that's, be guard setting screens for each other again. That switch, if that's the case. Yeah, and I just I don't know. I'm excited. Those are some of the matchups I'm really watching for. Um, was there any more matchups that you're looking forward or to, or do you want to get into? I think Kawhi Luca. Yeah. I think I think on the Luka offense, Kawhi defensive side, because we saw a lot of that last year. Kawhi definitely handled his own on some plays, and, um, and Luka clamped up on the perimeter, gave him really tough step-back threes. I mean, Kawhi's an incredible defender. But we also saw Kawhi duck Luka on that step-back three to win OT. Mm-hmm. He allowed Reggie Jackson – to switch on to Luca, and was that I mean, are was we that s- what Kawhi let, or is that just good X's and O's? You exactly. know, I mean, and there was three point seven seconds left on an inbounds play. Is Rick going to draw things up that are able to consistently beat their defense? Yeah, I, I, I think, think that answer can be yes. And I I think that's such a important mechanism to this series is because if the coaching battle is more even and it's not like Rick is by far the better coach, at least in this series than Ty Lu. I, I think the Clippers might win, but I have faith in Rick Carlisle. I, I have I don't have faith in Ty Lu. I think Rick Carlisle is far and above a better coach, especially scheme wise. So I think he schemes things up to just out coach Ty Lu. And you can't really look at the regular season and talk about schemes and all this stuff because it's not matchup dependent. And that's what the playoffs is. It's a series. It's matchup dependent. It's about making adjustments, not making adjustments. When do we make adjustments? All of that entails. So coaching matters a lot more in the playoffs than it does in the regular season. I think we'll see that um, this series a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Ty Lu, I mean, Ty Lu's coaching experience comes from – LeBron. I, I mean, one one thing that really stands out to me, and we've seen, I mean, we've seen J.R. Smith. We know J.R. He's a he's a meme all in itself. But that instance in the, uh, I think the 
was it the 2017 or 18 finals when JR didn't know the time? He was 18, game one. Uh, what would you think if a Mavs player didn't know the time or the score of a game like that? Do you think Rick would ever let that fly? No. I think that's a testament to coach this coaching battle all on, all on its own. Yeah, and I, I think it also – Rick Carlisle is an old-school guy. Ty mm-hmm. Lewis is a new-school guy. And I still think we've seen old-school coaches have the most success. When you have a system in place, it's Popovich. not about Popovich. Spolstra had a system. Brad Kerr Stevens. has a system. Brad Stevens. Quinn Snyder. Like, as much as we give the Jazz a lot of discredit because they haven't gotten really proven it – in the playoffs, because I, there's a lot, yeah, Thibodeau. There's a lot more like issues with the Jazz than coaching. Um, mm-hmm. But like, Quinn Snyder gets that team to the top. Tom Thibodeau came in, installed his system, and completely changed the Knicks. Playing I mean, we, everybody forty-five minutes a game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just completely changed it. So I think that's a huge part of it. Um, For sure. Are there any more matchups you want to get into, or do you want to go into why the Clips will win? You mean how the Clips can win? How the Clips. Well, I was just going to say, like, I was yeah. thinking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Um, Mac is a Clips fan. Yeah, you, you caught me. I'm a, I'm a Clips homer. <laughs> uh, I, because, like, I think this is going to be a really good series. Um, there's, I do too. There's some reasons why I think the Clips can win. Um, I think a lot of it I, hinges on Kawhi. I think, it, yeah, definitely. I think if there's if they shoot well, by well I mean like close to the season average, around forty percent from three as a team. And if their defense can keep up, if they can cause turnovers and find a scheme that puts Luca into uncomfortable situations, which he's the most statistically he's the most double teamed player in the NBA. He gets he's seen double teams at half court, which I just don't know how you put him in uncomfortable situations and get the ball out of his hand. And see, like, I'd almost dare and dare the Clippers to do that because with the way we've been playing and the the type of guys we'd have out there in the playoffs comparative to the regular season, <clears throat> if there's an open three, they're gonna take it. You know, oh, yeah. and like we'll live and die with the basis of our team. You know, and like Luca's always been a team first type of player. He's he finds the passes in the double teams, and that's what makes him so dangerous. Um, like if I'm I'm just gonna use like Devin Booker for an example. If you started double teaming D book from half court sometimes, he's not like the same caliber on the same level as Luca as that no. he can find the open guy and not just the open guy, but the right pass. Because sometimes somebody might be open, but it's not the right pass. You wait for somebody to cut and Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think if Kawhi comes out and proves that he is a top three player in the NBA, no doubt, and he's averaging 35. And, like, last year we saw he'd go on these little, like, two-minute spurts where his defense just crumbles the Mavs for about two minutes. And it's yeah, like a 6 8 run for two minutes wreaks havoc. If he comes out and proves that – and shows that it's really hard for me to see the Mavs win. And that's if they're obviously their role players have to be playing well too. 
But it, I think it starts with Kawhi because if Kawhi proves he's a top three player, PG comes bounces back from his playoff run last year, and their role players are playing good defense. They're engaged in the offense, hitting their open shots. They're really, really tough to beat. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, I mean, yes, my prediction is Mavs in six because I don't think the Mavs allow that. But, like, there's a scenario where the Clippers could win in five. Oh, yeah. And, and and that's no bashing on the Mavs or anything like that. It's just like it's very possible. I, this t- this Clippers seems extremely talented, um, and it's going to take a lot for the Mavs to win this. Um, yeah. I, I think they will, but um, yeah. I think on top of Kawhi, Paul George has has to be how he was in the regular season, not have that playoff drop off like we always see. He's got to be a real contributor. He's got to be a star for them, like a true star. He's got to be a difference maker too because we've seen, we've seen Paul George playing bad while Kawhi is playing good, and they lose a lot. So Kawhi's going to be amazing. He's going to do his thing, but Paul George also needs to show up. And, of course, the rest of the team does too, but – I think if Kawhi is in his groove and Paul George is doing, not doing pandemic P things, then I think the rest of the team will fall in line. So I think the Mavs just have to find a way to disrupt that. Yeah. And they have a lot of like talent. I say they're much more talented this year than they are last year. Um, Oh yeah, and I mean, they're like number two in net. Like their advanced stats scream, we're winning a championship this year. For sure. And I just, it's it's all about stats. But I also look at the eye test and I look at how players have performed in the past. And you know, like obviously there might be some shock to like how good or how bad some players play, but I think it just all depends on like the matchups, you know. And so like I could definitely see why the Clippers are favored heavily or heavily. And I can see why everybody but a guy named Royce Young. Um, Shout out to Royce. Yeah. Uh, pick the Clips to win. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about, like, why the Clips could win. Me um, too. It, definitely possible. It's going to be tough for Dallas. Yeah. But they can do it. And we think they're winning. It's six or seven. Yeah. Um, you know, go into why we think the Mavs will win for sure. So, Luka Doncic is the second or third best creator on this planet. I think I'd say LeBron and James Harden are the two that are competing with him. Yeah, but the thing about Luka is we have not seen his ceiling in the playoffs yet. And his ceiling is not the 43-point, 17-rebound, 13-assist game. He can do better than that, which is terrifying for anyone that plays the Mavs. He is just a bomb waiting to go off. I mean, he did that on a hurt ankle. He didn't think he was going to – like, I was listening to an interview he did. He didn't think he was playing until he stepped on the court, and he said it was just the adrenaline. And every single time he went off the court, he had to take his shoe off and get treatment on his ankle because it was it was so beat up. And mm-hmm. 
he literally, as a 21-year-old, willed his team against a former NBA MVP or a finals MVP champion. Three-time champion. Yeah, willed his team. Willed his team to a victory. Down 21 points. Yeah, and that's another thing I'd like to add. When you look at the Clippers this year compared to last year, yes, Lou Will and Trez weren't great defensively, but they were a part of a lot of their larger runs that they made. The Clippers and the Mavs didn't really have a back-and-forth battle. It, it was a game of runs. Mm-hmm. And the energy that Trez and Lou Will brought off the bench really hurt the Mavs. Yeah. Like, really hurt them. And they'd go on these little runs of, like, we'd have a 10-point. Trez was huge for them. Yeah, and, it, and like, they, some people think that, oh, they're better now without Trez which they might be with Obaka, but you haven't seen it. And he missed 32 games. He was he, six man, right? Montrez. Yeah. You got to think him and Lou Will were the two top finalists for six men of the year on the same bench. I yeah, mean, kind of like the Jazz this year. Kind of like the Jazz this year. If uh, Joe Ingles is second, I think Clarkson's going to win it. But if Joe mm-hmm. Ingles is second, it's going to be just like the Jazz. But I just think that goes and shows that, like, even with their runs, we still competed. We still battled back. And they have a great roster, but we match up. We do. We We have less players, but you're not, you don't have a 10 man rotation in the playoffs. You have a good eight. Yeah. And and you might have a ninth. You might have some minutes after that. Yeah. Like some spot minutes at the nine. Maybe they play like eight minutes. JJ Reddick is not playing. And that's one of those guys that would have got some minutes. So does he get replaced or are we just adding minutes to? Or four other guys. Yeah. And I think the way the schedule is set up, playing Sunday, then Tuesday, then Friday, it gives the Mavs so much time. And I think that's a huge thing because we have a smaller rotation. And you, I, you could play Luca 40 minutes a night and not feel bad about it and not worried, oh, is he tired? Because he's getting all these days off. You know, you can play KP 36, 38 minutes a night if you need to, you know? And the Mavs were off to a horrible start in the season. You know, up until the All-Star break, uh, you got a day's rest in between games. May, they might have had a, a couple games where there was two days rest, but they had no time. They had no time at all to rest guys, figure things out. You know, their practices were walk, shoot around, walkthroughs, you know, going over plays. But All-Star break is when they finally got some time. They got some downtime, except for Luca. But, I mean, how strenuous was that All-Star game? <laughs> Even though Luca played yeah. the most, most minutes in that game. But the second they got time, they flipped their entire season around and go 33-16. Yeah, and I'd like, to, I'd like to add, the one time we got rest in February, we were off for a week due to COVID. And it doesn't mean we got to practice for the whole week. We just had time off. We went the next run. We went seven and one. Our only loss was to Philly. We beat the Nets. We beat the Nuggets. We beat some good teams in that that seven and one run. And I, I, I also like the Sixers. I just don't think count. They provide so many issues for us, and that's a topic for another day. But oh, yeah. I think it just goes to show that when we've had time. Like, we come back better than ever. And something that the Clippers don't do well is with time. I, mm-hmm. they've, they've lost one game on a second night to back-to-back. And 
been listening to a lot of Clippers podcasts, and they've talked about how they're really worried about the Mavs this year. And they're scared. They're worried. Like they they think they'll still win, but they're definitely a lot more worried. They're worried about the time off. Like how do the Clippers look? Because a lot of times they said when there's more than two days off, they come out extremely sluggish in the next game. They're a team that's really good, like with a back-to-back or one day off. And so when I saw the schedule of the way the games are going to be, it made me feel a lot more confident about the maps. And not to start, I think I think we take game one. I think it's a punch in the mouth. Um, their place, 130 for them. That's an early, early tip-off mm-hmm. um, for a team. And They've even gone – the Clippers have even talked about in their uh, interviews since um, about how 130 is really early for them. Um, the Mavs, it'll feel like a 330 game, you know, like it'll be <clears> – <throat> and so I think that's a big discrepancy that's a little underlooked. I think they come out sluggish. I think we win the first quarter, and I don't think this stat will stay true throughout the entire playoffs, playoffs but we're 27-0 and after leading after the first. I think we win the first quarter. It's a very um, impressive stat. Yeah, it's extremely impressive. Um, I think we win the first quarter, and I don't think we look back. I, I, I really do think that we take game one. I think um, I think just with Rick's experience and just what I've seen from the press conferences is why I think we're going to win this series. If I didn't know anything about, the, about Kawhi or Luka or any of the players, I would say the Mavs are going to sweep this series. We are so confident. Like, did you hear Dorian, uh, Dorian's interview? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was saying, oh, if the Lakers uh, tank those two games to play us, well, we tank that last one to play them. The yeah. Mavs want this so badly. You this is this is revenge for us. Yeah, this oh, yeah. is revenge. I, and the I'm, Clippers are real real nonchalant, real passive about it. Like, Tyler, oh, no, there's no pressure. There's huge, huge. They've never made it to the Western Conference Finals in Clippers history. I mean, and they just go against the basketball gods and tank those last two. Like, you know, like they might come out. Um, they, they asked for this series, and the Mavs are going to give it to them. Yeah. And one thing I'd like to also say is Luca's text got reset, and Luca does complain a lot, maybe too much at times. And I won't disagree with you on that. But with his text being reset and the way the officiating was last playoff series and the way – they were just bullying Luca, like not even to where it's like respectable basketball bullying, but to mm-hmm. a point to where they were disrespecting and I don't know, and some like being malicious in some yeah. ways, especially that Marcus Morris thing. All right, that I mean that's just <sighs> that's, that's they remember that they they yeah. they remember that, and um, I would I would not be surprised if we saw a Dorian Marcus Morris fight in this series. Yeah. Dorian's and, about that. Yeah. D- Dodo's a pit bull. Uh, that's oh, his yeah. one word on his locker. Uh, Carlisle gives him, like, one word of what you be on the court, um, and it's taped to their locker. Dodo's his pit bull. Um, mm. I, he's just an animal. Um, but I think the officiating will be ex- called extremely close in game one. That's another I reason so. I think the Mavs will win game one. I think the officiating will be closely called. I think maybe not completely unfair calls, but I think the refs will be swinging in the Mavs' way in game one. They'll call some touchy stuff on Luka because Luka's going to be like, look, you guys don't handle this now. 
it's going to get to a point to where it did last year. He's going to see whatever he can get away with. Yeah, and I think that's really going to help the Mavs in game one. I think it's really going to take the momentum. Like, if you told me Marcus Morris, PG, or Kawhi pick up two fouls in the first quarter, that's a huge momentum swing. And how minuscule that seems to some, it's really not because you have to look at the rest of the game. If one of those three are out – um, cause it's arguably their top three players. Yeah. Um, if one of those three are out for a significant portion in the first half, then the Mavs could jump a lead and we're really, really good back to the statistic. We're 27 to no after leading after the first quarter. Once we get a lead, we're really, really confident and we're really, really good about keeping that lead and not getting disinterested in the game and, I, I think that stat proves that, like, a first quarter for this Mavs team, if we can go out and punch them in the face, then not literally, obviously. Um, <laughs> well, maybe Marcus Morris. <laughs> yeah, maybe Marcus Morris. He could take it. Um, but I really think that we grabbed game one from that. I do, too. I completely agree. I think, I mean, if we don't get game one, I think we get game two. Same. Because, like, we saw it last year. We lost by eight. We won by, like, ten. It's the adjustments. And – that shows that Rick Carlisle, even with a cast we had last year, he can make those adjustments unlike other coaches we've seen. That's why I think, like, Spolster's in that category with Carlisle. That's why the Heat beat the Bucks. You know, like, Mike yeah. Buttonholzer, I think that – I don't know how you – Buttonholzer. Buttonholzer. He doesn't make the same adjustments as Spolstra. Bucks lose that game. Exactly. Like the series, and I know? think if you switch Rick and Ty Lue, we lose in four or five. Easy. Yeah. Exactly. I'd I 100% agree. Luca can will one game just because he's Luca, but I mean, Rick is truly the unspoken difference maker of this series. And yeah, I'm excited. I think we split the road. The first two games, I think we split. I think we take care of home court. We'd be up. This is my prediction. We're up 3-1 going back to L.A. for game five. They take game five. We come back home. Nearly capacity crowd. We take game six. And like a that. lot hinges on the play of Tim Hardaway. A lot hinges on KP. And that's assuming Luka's going to do Luka. But if you told me KP's going to average 28-10 and 10, and he's not going to be a defensive liability, because in my opinion – he wasn't getting physical on D, and he wasn't getting physical down in the low post on offense towards the end of the year like he kind of did it right when he came back because he doesn't want to be injured. Mm-hmm. There's a lot hinging on his career. If he comes out and plays like the second star the Mavs envisioned for KP and like what they envision him being, it changes his whole career. But if he comes out, he plays subpar, below average – like, even his trade value, like, totally different talk, but, like, around the league, he's viewed differently. He's viewed as an injury-prone guy who had too many injuries and he can't get to where he was. But if he comes out firing in all cylinders, plays great in these playoffs, it's like, oh, crap. Like, this dude is a clear number two. It's yeah, like, let's figure out how to get a number three, a more defined number three guy. Um, to come in and help take off the load of KP in the regular season and help them in the playoffs with what they lack right now. For sure. For sure. And 
I don't think, I mean, from what we saw last year, I don't think Porzingis really feels that pressure. I mean, we see him launch threes from half court all season. You think he, I just, I don't think he feels pressure. Him or Luca are just so used to it. They've made pressure their friend, just like what Rick Carlisle said in his quote. Exactly. You've got to learn how to make pressure your friend, and Luca's shown that he's did. Uh, KP, when Luca didn't play in the fourth quarter of game two, scored 12 points in the fourth, and he kept it within eight and ten points up until the one-minute mark in the game. They were down 20 in that fourth quarter. KP came in with Seth Curry and Trey Burke, and they came in and they dominated the Clippers in that fourth quarter. Now, they were never able to go get a lead, but when you're down 20 in the fourth without your best player, it's it, it's extremely hard to do that when you're going up against an MVP and mm-hmm. the structure that the Clippers had. I mean, it's just too hard to make that comeback. And there is some defensive problems when KP and Luka are on the floor at the same time. So I think... The way that they, the way that KP and Luca can make the Mavs win this series is they just have to capitalize at all times when they're in and go on game of runs. I mean, yeah. They cannot skip one of their runs, they have to be on. KP's got to be hitting shots. Luca cannot be two for 11 from three. He, he, he can't take <sighs> bad shots because. Clippers team is experienced and they know smart shots, smart shot taking and how to capitalize on things like that. And I'll say, even with KP or Luca not playing to the level that they could and should be playing the entire series, which is extremely possible, there'll be spurts where they don't play great. But I think that Tim Hardaway Jr., especially the way he's been playing, He'll have a game where he scores thirty. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know what game it'll be. I'm thinking it'll be a like a, it won't be game one. It won't be game two. I'm thinking like a game three, game four. After adjustments have been made, Luca and KP they adjust more to them. Tim's gonna have a couple more open looks. He'll drop thirty. I mean, he dropped forty about a month ago. Forty-two, his new career high. He the next game he was ten for thirteen from the three-point line. Broke mm-hmm. a. Broke the Mavs franchise record for most threes in a game. Like I think he goes out and gets the game, and I think that's going to be the difference. Is that our role players have such a higher ceiling than the Clippers players? Like, that's a I great point. I don't see Raja. Like okay, maybe Rondo like <clears throat> has a great game and it helps him win a game, but I don't see like Rondo or Abaka or Kennard or. Marcus Morris or Zubac scoring 30 and winning a game for your team. No. And Tim Hardaway Jr. definitely has the potential to do that. I can see Dorian or Maxi having a, a 20-point game, too. Same. Filling it up from three. Like, especially if they put Zubac on Dodo. Oh, yeah. Like that'll, that'll be five threes, six threes. Dodo's went from a defensive player to a guy who can defend and shoot the three. Um, a guy who's able to crash the glass, and he, he's so versatile. You can play him at the three or the four. And he's also shown that he can, like, especially this year, he can put the ball on the court. He can dribble. Okay. You know, he can beat people he off the dribble. He can take it to the cup. He can take it to the cup, and he can also make the right pass, which mm-hmm. I think has been a really um, underrated, defining point of his game. 
is being able to go off the dribble, get past this guy, get to the paint, and see the open corner and be able to make that pass. You know, because it he just spaces adds, really well too. He does. He just adds so much to the offense. He's not necessarily Steph Curry where he's he never stops moving, cutting off people, but he knows where to sit. You know, Lucas coming off that KP screen. All right, I'm in the deep corner sitting here for my three. Yeah. He's waiting. He's so patient, and he's just grown so much on offense. Dude, I mean, think about this. Luca brings the ball down. KP's the trailer. You got Maxi in the corner. You got Dodo in the other corner. You got Tim on the left side or the right side. Luca's on the left side with KP. The trailer play's not there. They set up a pick and pop or a pick and roll. You know, or pick and pop. Luca can go one on one to the rack. He's got his shooters outside. Backside cuts from Dorian to Maxi. Yep, it's Luca versus the Clippers defense, and Luca's proven that he knows how to beat it. And I, I just really think that, like last year, I would have loved the Mavs to win. You know, like we would have gotten some games. I didn't think we'd get to two two. You know, like, like even if it went. Six, I would never expect it at 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, two, like, we had all the chance in the world to win that series. Now we didn't, and we got blown out in game five because of our depleted roster. Um, but I think with, like, that game five when we got blown out, it won't happen again because we'll have, like, wrinkles to our offense. We can ha- now have a roller in spurts. Like, if we if we really need something, the shots aren't going down like they weren't in game five. We can use Willie and Dwight, and we can get to the cup. It's it's just we're a lot more balanced this year. We don't rely as much on the three, which we still do rely a ton on the three. But it's not in the same way as like, oh, we need a new wrinkle to our offense. We're going to put in different guards to take the same shots. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we can get to the cup now. We can do this. We can do that. And, like, Luca's improved his game. They uh, – Zubac – the Clippers always use the the drop screen. He now shoots like 48% from the mid-range. Last year was sub-40. So it's just he's added wrinkles to his game, and the offense has added wrinkles, and I'm excited. I think Mavs in six. I'm going to say Mavs in seven. Uh, That's yeah. my official prediction. And uh, catch us. We'll hopefully be at uh, game three, maybe even game four um, back in Dallas. So, It'll be uh, rocking over 15,000 out of about 19,000. Yeah, it's a I, home It'll court. I think it's going to be a uh, huge impact. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be rocking. So, moving uh, on from the Mavs, we love the Mavs. We're excited to watch them tomorrow. Hopefully, take that first game. We're going to move on to our best bets. Yep. Now, yesterday, or not yesterday, two days ago, I had Grizzlies beating the Spurs by four. More than four. That was the spread. And it pushed. They beat him by exactly four. So Jake's all-time record is zero, zero, and one. Yep. Um, I had the Oilers. They uh, disappointed me. Couldn't get anything on offense. First line looked hor- First two lines looked horrible. Um, let me down. But so I'm o one and o. But the parlay of the day which was plus 258, um, one. So altogether, this podcast is up 1.58 units. We're up. Should have uh, listened. Should have listened. Should have made some money off of us. Um, 
So, Jake, do you want to give me your best bet and parlay one? And I'll give you my best bet and the long parlay. For sure. (sighs) So, my bet of the day, I got the Rangers. Rangers beating the Astros. As we talked about earlier, Rangers are one and nine. Not hit. Haven't hit the ball well. Hitching is doing well, though. I think hitting will catch up tonight. We dropped all four to the Astros first time we played them. I think we get a win tonight. We're itching for a win. Rangers are plus 150 money line. Go ahead and throw on it. Yep. Line's not out yet. Mass first quarter Saturday. Take the money line. I am I could be completely wrong. Clippers could come out and show us up, but I really have a good feeling about the Mavs in the first quarter. It's a revenge series. Mm-hmm. And first quarters don't always mean about who's the better team. Because I think we can all agree the Clippers are the better team in the series. Right? By far, a lot more talent. But the first quarter is all about energy. And we've seen that throughout the year. When we play down to competition, we don't look great in the first quarter. They come out with more energy because that's what they have to do to win the game. And I think that's the spot we're in. We're going to come out with energy. We're going to come out firing on all cylinders. I would take money line, Mavs, first quarter. Um, it'll probably be like plus 115. So go back and get some money, get some plus money. Um, so that's my pick of the day. And our first parlay of the day is 76ers money line. That's 76ers over the Wizards, minus 300. Then we got Nets, minus 350 money line. A couple little cheapy games, easy odds. And then we got Suns taking the first game over the Lakers. That's minus 135 right now. I think the Suns got it in them. You know, LeBron's feel-out game, kind of how we talked about. Always has a feel-out game. Every Always. single playoff series. And then that fourth bet of that parlay is Mavs covering – Seven and a half, which the line is at five and a half. But if you buy it, you can get that seven and a half for minus 150. And that parlay total is plus 397. And that is is our safe parlay. Um, I'm going to give you a degenerate parlay, uh, which I'll be throwing. Um, The odds are plus 10,023. So some, a lot of money to be made here. Um. I'm taking Caps plus 140 against the Bruins. Um, every game's gone to OT um, so far, and, you know, you find an OT goal, you win. I think the Caps could do it. Down 2-1, it's time to – if they want to make it a series, it's now or never. Um, Oilers minus 175, don't screw me over again. Um, I don't think they go down 2-0 to the Leafs, especially on, on their home ice, you know. Um I got Penguins minus 280. It's the puck line, plus one and a half. They're up 2-1 in the series. Um, game almost went to OT last time. Islanders came back. Then Penguins went ahead and ended in regulation with about three minutes left. They're just – they're my team right now. I think they're much better than the Islanders. And you give me one and a half, I'll take it. Um, mm. Leafs minus 170. Um, I think they bounced back uh, against the Canadians. Um Scary injury for their captain. Uh, I really just think shook their system. And, I mean, they gave up a shorthanded goal to lose that game, and they couldn't score on a six-on-four um, at the end of the game. So I, I think they bounced back. Um, Mavs money line game one, uh, plus 185. 
Uh, Blazers money line, game one, minus 105. Suns minus 135, game one. Nets minus 350. Um, that's the lay. It is a eight-game lay, and I'm hoping it hits. Throw ten bucks, you make yourself a thousand bucks in that parlay. Hey, ten a bucks. thousand, thousand and twenty-three bucks in fifty-eight cents. <laughs> so we're on the record. Our parlays are up right now. Yeah. If you Those want to listen the- to us, it's strongly advised. Strongly advised to get your betting advice. From the All in One Dallas podcast. All in One Dallas. That is one word on Twitter at All in One Dallas. If you can't find us, just go to JJ Berea's Twitter and just see who he's following, and you'll be sure to find us. You know, our biggest supporter. Absolutely. He only follows 300 people, so you won't be searching for long. So you definitely know what Dallas podcast you should be listening to now. Absolutely. The one supported by. The second greatest Maverick of all time. Mm-hmm. At least at least from the hearts. Maybe not statistically, but from the hearts and the soul of Mass fans. And Deshaun Stevenson is number one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that about does it for this pod. For sure. We're looking forward to that Mass Clippers first round matchup. We'll be sure to talk about it. Hopefully see some fellow MFFLs at game three and game four. Hopefully. We'll definitely be given some uh, <clears throat> post-game pods um, about the game. Um, check us out. Normally, I will say these pods won't be as long, but there was a lot to talk about today. It's so a special one. We special NBA, pod. NBA playoffs. We're looking special out for time. our maps. Special time in the world right now. We'll be sure to talk about some Rangers, Cowboys stars upcoming. But this is just an important time. Playoffs right now. Don't forget, Mavs Clippers, Saturday, 3.30 Central Time. All right? If we got anybody on the East Coast, it's going to be 4.30. Just be prepared. Um, West Coast guys, wake up early, get some lunch, and uh, watch our Mavs take it to you. Absolutely. Looking to take game one, and we will catch you guys next time here on All-in-One Dallas Sports.